Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. Tonight we have a good one. We all hear stories about the crazy, the brave, and the crazy brave that serve or served in the military. They say it takes a special human to run towards danger while others are running away. Our guest tonight, the crazy brave on a platter and served it. His sisters and brothers are known for their great hair, their catchy wit, but most of all, their blatant disregard for their own safety. You see, they get a call at all hours of the day and night to go and disarm some sort of device. There is no please hold button. They have to respond. We know there were times when it seemed like years before they arrived, but when they did, it was either 100% success or total failure. There is no in between in their profession. Watch this clip for those listening on About Face Radio. Just listen in.
secondary. Shit. Take cover. Get in the wall. Get in the wall. Walker. Our next guest served in the United States Army for over two decades of his life. He ended his service to the Army as an EOD tech as a senior non-commissioned officer with multiple deployments and VIP missions in support of POTUS and the Secret Service. So without further ado, let's welcome U.S. Army EOD veteran Jake Holland to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Jake. Good evening, Misfit Nation. Uh, Rich, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> I told you your, your theme movie is going to be on the show. I had to get it on there. So, so all the EOD techs out there, uh, you're welcome for showing your theme movie. Uh, if I go on a show, you can show The Rock. I guess that's our movie. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, I gave a little bit about your background there, about an inch and a half of it. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and as far back as you want to go to how you wound up in the service and, of course, how you wound up in the bomb suit to where we are now. Uh well, when I was a kid, I grew up small town America in Indiana. Uh, a brother and two sisters, farm community. I didn't want to farm, drive a truck. Uh, I come from a long line of coal miners, and I didn't want to do that. So I joined the Army for three years in the college money. Uh, was getting ready to get out. I was a uh, helicopter crew chief in the cavalry at Fort Carson. I met some EOD guys and I figured, hey, this is for me. And so I went to EOD school and best career decision I ever made. And I spent the next from went to school in 1989 and spent from then to 2011 in the EOD field. And I can honestly say that there were bad times, but I, I loved every minute of it. Loved the people I work with. Had a great group of folks. And 
that's about it in a nutshell. And then you know, you're a little humble there. I know you, I know during your career, you actually trained the next generation of EOD techs. Yeah. You, uh, you were down in Florida, you trained the next generation of EOD techs and you were right there where the wall is the Memorial wall for all the EOD guys. And you know, you continue now to train soldiers so they come home so that you need to have a little more less humbleness on that and show people that you uh, continue to serve and uh, have, you still serve with purpose now. I, I did. Uh, I loved my time at the EOD school. Uh, it's humbling. Uh, I can't think about that wall, let alone go to it without tearing up a little bit. Uh, there's two people, their names are on that wall that, uh, that really mean a lot to me. Uh, one of them I trained in school. He was a, he was a soldier at, at the EOD school when I was down there working. He came to Fort Campbell. Uh, he got there a little before I did because I PCS there. Uh, his name is Johnny Mason. Great individual. Uh, he, uh, he passed in 2005 in, in Iraq. And the other was, uh, she showed up out of EOD school to Camp Shelby. Her name was Kim Bowles. Another great individual. Uh, she came to us as a young PFC and uh, became an outstanding NCO. And uh, those are the two I think about when I think about that wall. And today, uh, doing what we do at Fort Campbell, uh, I love being around soldiers. I love training soldiers. Uh, I love being a soldier, and I still, I love it. I'm. I'll get out of it when they when they tell me to go home. They're going to have to make me leave. <laughs> they can't move us to many more places. There's not many more places on base to move us to. So, uh, it, gives GP, it gives a GP medium on the parade field. I guess so. We can sit in the overhang and hang out there and, and rig wires or whatever. <laughs> it, hopefully we don't come to that point and we continue to serve soldiers and uh, continue to have a purpose with them and help them to, to uh, win their next uh, missions and come back to us whole. I mean, you made a pretty good statement there. You didn't want to farm, so you joined the Army. And, and what do you do now at home? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I raise cattle and chickens. Is that not a farm? Uh, yeah, it is. This uh, guy in the world, but... <laughs> it it kind of grounds me. Uh, <clears throat> it gives me something to do when I'm not at work. Uh, it gives me a lot to do when I'm not at work. Uh, it keeps me busy, and uh, when w whenever we take our cattle to slaughter, uh, the folks that buy from us and ourselves, uh, they know what's in it. There's no uh, no hormones. Everything is I'm. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm organic, but it's as close to organic as you can get without tacking the name on it. And uh, I enjoy it. I, I wish you could partake. <laughs> so do I, believe me. <laughs> but the, the Lord had different had different uh, uh, plans for me, I guess, with Johnny the Tick. Timmy the Tick biting me, I guess. You, so. <laughs> you did get a chicken, though. 
I think the chicken, chicken was good. Chickens are always good now. That's my favorite food now. <laughs> chicken and their friends, the turkeys. So, Jake, a little more about a, you. It's a big jump to go from a, a crew chief in a, a little helicopter back then. There's probably the Cobras and Ueys probably back then when you came in. Or was it, was it just an OH-58? OH-58. Oh, let's oh, it's, it's age it a little more. OH-58, all right? <laughs> from and that to saying, hey, not- I want to. I want this not, awesome not the Delta model either. Yeah, the oldest model possible. The one that just came out of Vietnam and you joined, right? Yes. <laughs> so tell us about some of your first flights and how that how that affected your mindset. I I like flying. Uh I, I love scouting. Uh I like working on them. Uh being in the cav. We were we were an air troop in a in an armored cavalry squadron. So we were kind of the redheaded stepchildren. Uh, it wasn't fun, but, you know, worked with a bunch of good guys. Uh, but we'd come out of the field one day and I probably had 120 days left in the army. And uh, the EOD detachment was right across from our troop area. And they were out there lighting up a grill. And no way. <laughs> yeah, like 10 o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> I went over and spoke to them and asked them what they did. And they told me, and I said, How can I do that? And then, you know, 90 days later, I was in EOD school. But, you know, I'm glad that I had that base in a combat unit you know, to kind of teach me the, you know, my military bearing and, and stuff like that. Cause that's one thing that the cab was good for was teaching that. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm glad I had that base and didn't go into EOD right off the, right off the street. Like, like a lot of soldiers do. And at that time, did Jeff do like the OJT at the EOD unit on there out there at Carson? I did. I spent 90 days there at the 94th EOD at Fort Carson. And then uh, went to EOD school, uh, phase one at Eglin Air Force Base. Then I went to Indian Head Naval Ordnance Station in Maryland, and then to Redstone Arsenal for the last of it. So three phases then, okay. So you had to do the whack suit and stuff at, at Carson, make sure you can do it right. The tap suit. Yeah, and all that stuff. Had, to do a, had to do a tap suit test, which is, well, You've explain been in a tap, a tap suit. Explain to the audience what a tap suit is and make them feel happy about it. Okay. You get these wool socks <laughs> and long underwear that have been impregnated and soaked in beeswax and bleep. You put those on. Then you put on this impermeable rubber suit that's one piece. And then you put on the lovely m9 protective mask uh you start sweating as soon as you put it on no matter how cold it is outside and then they gave me a 155 round to carry around the block and if i didn't pass out i passed so (laughs) and at the time we didn't really have a a bomb suit per se 
now they they test them out in a bomb suit as well but uh yeah so the the tap suit is ugh, i it's a horrible thing to be in it's it's uh, likely to make it a reference to hell on earth i'd like to call it but it, uh, well i i do know that uh after about five or 10 minutes, you start sloshing around in the fireman's boots and uh, you dump quite a bit of sweat out of them when you get out. <laughs> it's like being in mop gear for hours at a time and then thinking about life, uh, life choices at the end of the day. Yeah. What, you know, you was a chemical guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm getting flashbacks just talking about this. But <laughs> it's, it's rough. I'm starting to get that twitch. My nerve agent twitch is coming back, but you know, it'll, it'll go away later. I think hopefully. So you, you got the EOD and you started doing great things there. Your first duty assignment after after coming out of school was where? Uh, White Sands Missile Range. Well, that had to be a hard one. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was a good assignment. I was seeing things out there that hadn't made it to the field yet. Uh, we were testing well about that time. The first Gulf War was kicking off shortly after I got there. So we were big into testing Patriot missiles, a lot of stingers, uh, tomahawks, uh, the Blue 97. We did a lot of Blue 97 drops, a lot of MLRS testing. Uh, and what they were doing was they were testing all the lot numbers of ammunition before they went over. And so after they fired everything, we went out and cleaned it all up. So you're like and the, the privates of the battlefield. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you mentioned the Patriot missile. Uh, I guess a lot of the audience members might remember the Patriot missiles fame from uh, the first Gulf war. That's the one before nine 11, everyone before nine 11, there was a Gulf war before then as well. And uh, the Patriot missile was used extensively to shoot down the Scud missiles. Uh, but there wasn't a very high, they called it high, high success rate, but they were wasting a lot of missiles, a lot of ordnance in order to shoot down one missile. I don't know if you knew that as well. Uh, yes. It was almost an eight to one shot sometimes. We, we may or may not have run into that problem at White Sands. Look at there. History does repeat <laughs> itself sometimes. <laughs> you, from there where'd you go from white sands to where uh i went to uh a little base called camp paul blumquist that was in ziegenberg germany it was a remote site it was in an old ss compound uh the only people there were us just the eod detachment that was the the 21st eod i like to call that the the real 21st EOD. And uh, shortly after I got there, about two or three months, we, the whole unit moved to Wild Flicken. So I spent the rest of my tour in Germany at Wild Flicken. And our basic mission there was, uh, we had a few VIP missions and stuff, but uh, we were destroying Warstock landmines because this was shortly after the wall went down. So we were, we were getting rid of about, about 50 tons of M15 and M16 landmines a day. Wow. 
So that was that was our job there. And we was doing it at, at uh Wild Flick and Ann Grafenbeer. That's a it's a pretty hefty uh hefty job you had to do there. So did you deploy from there or that was before deployment? No, uh I didn't deploy it. I didn't actually I didn't actually deploy anywhere till my next duty station, uh, which was Camp Shelby. Oh, it, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> see a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went to Camp Shelby, and out of there, I went to uh, deployed once to Ethiopia, and then I went to Bosnia. Uh, the the first round of uh i guess it was i4 yeah and uh went to bosnia over there uh with the uh first brigade of the first armored division and really that was when all the mud was there the mud huts and stuff right or the mud uh, roads and everything yeah it was uh the mud was deep there uh, the, the camp I was on wasn't too bad, but, uh, we were, we were located right up on the ZOS, the zone of separation. We worked that area and, uh, that was probably, I really love that deployment because that was probably the first real battlefield EOD work that I had done. It was, uh. You know, we did a lot of weapons caches, uh, did a few IEDs, not too many, a lot of landmines, and just a lot of ordnance on the battlefield. Uh, everything from one five two rounds to hand grenades all wow. over the place. I can imagine a lot of that stuff was just there, not just from that conflict, but from uh, training that they did over there prior. Yes, yes. a lot of it. A lot of the quote trainings for those on the radio, I'm saying quotes without saying it. But <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you get your? You came back to Campbell from there, and then you started uh, deploying for Quad or no? Uh, no. Uh, after Camp Shelby, I went to Eglin Air Force Base and did my three years instructor time down there. And uh, the 52nd Group Sergeant Major at the time. He had been my dead NCO, and uh, we we still remain close today. Uh, great man, uh, John Maples. He calls me, and he says, hey, he said, uh, you about ready to get out of there? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> he says, where do you want to go? Well, for my whole time in the military, I've been trying to get to Fort Campbell because it was close to home. And I said, well, Sergeant Major, I said, I, I'd like to go to Fort Campbell. He said, all right, I'll see what you, what I can do. Well, Monday morning, I'm out working in Ground Ordnance Division, and I get a phone call, and it's the uh, the pack from back on Mainside. They say, hey, you just came down on levee. You're going to Fort Campbell. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> so when I got to Fort Campbell is uh, – when I did my deployments over to Iraq, I uh, did one deployment to Kosovo before that. Uh, matter of fact, when the 101st was getting ready to leave, they were 
they were casing the colors. We had just finished up the walk and shoot range, clearing it all off and making that range out there at OP 13. And we all went up to General Petraeus's office and he's talking and everything. And he says, uh, well, I'm fixing to go case the colors so we can leave. He says, I'll see you guys on the ground in Iraq. And I'm like, uh, sir, you won't see us. And uh, he was a little taken aback by that. He goes, I don't get to take my own EOD team with me. It's like, no, sir. I said, you'll get one on the ground. We're going to Kosovo. So that's how that we went to Kosovo. Then when we got back from there, that's when we started deploying to Iraq. Then you uh, wind up in a as assisting another team up in uh, Jersey too, right? To go yes. Uh, we got back and I was in the middle of a bunch of personal stuff and uh, I just, I didn't want to be around it. And so I called Sergeant Major. I said, hey, uh, anything coming up? And he gave me a choice and I took a choice to go for six months. And so I went with the 754th out of New Jersey, uh, up at Fort Monmouth. Great bunch of, great bunch of soldiers up there. Had a good time over there. Then I came back from that deployment and, uh, went on the surge. <laughs> so went for 15 more months, but, uh, it was all good. Uh, during that time, I, uh, between the first and second deployment, I met the love of my life. She's what keeps me grounded. Uh, my wife, Mickey, and uh, she's been with me, been with me ever since and still with me today. Great woman. Can't say enough good things about her. No matter how many times you hurt her, too, physically, too, it's amazing. You can see hey. willing in a wheelchair. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> of those deployments, uh, which one of the combat deployments was probably the roughest? The first one. Because, first of all, you don't know what's going on. And, uh, I spent the first half of that deployment as the ops sergeant for the company. And so I didn't, I really didn't get out of the wire that much as much as I tried. And then that's the deployment we lost Johnny. And that, that really hit hard. And then probably about the last three months of the last deployment because it was, yeah, I'd had enough. I was tired. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I was with a great group of guys. The commander and first sergeant were great, but it was, I was tired and it, it was, it was time to slow down and it was time to quit running away from stuff and come home and, deal with stuff so it's kind of i know you, you hate the reference but to your theme movie there as you go through that movie you see that he's also burning out in that movie too it does the same things you just said you did almost exactly what you did 
ran two deployments instead of running to his family and uh until you know it's it's too late and i'm glad that you were able to flip that switch and say hey it's time to look a different direction look about life after this and see you see where i can go and have some resilience oh yeah uh you know i i wouldn't give up that time that i spent over there for anything but it i needed to come home and start working on on me because i wasn't doing it over there definitely so we'll come back in about uh two minutes and 50 seconds jake i want you to think about top five road trip songs of all time so you can think about that we're at break here i'll catch you on the other side okay let me tell you the truth about texas granddad used to say i'd sit on his knee with his arm around me he'd point out across the stage there's history out there nobody can change boy it belongs to you let me tell you the truth about texas son she bleeds red white and blue if you want to know the truth about texas it's everything you love it's red in the dirt white in the clouds and the blue in the sky above it's rivers are flowing the alamo pick up san patron if you want to know the truth about Texas, son, it's in your bones. You were born and bred pure Texan, he said. You don't know that she's your first love. Our room brawls and Friday night life, it all runs through your blood. When the neighbors help rebuild your house after a springtime flood. If you want to know the truth about Texas, son, it's here they never give up. If you want to know the truth about Texas, it's everything you love. It's red in the dirt, white in the clouds, and the blue in the sky above. It's rivers are flowing the Alamo, pick up San Patron. If you want to know the truth about Texas, son, it's in your bones. In a handshake, it's in a kiss Of something that you say The desert stands far from home Within the adobe clay About working to live and living to work Flagging the farm in God's green earth Wanna know the truth about Texas It's everything you love It's the red in the dirt White in the clouds And the blue in the sky above It's rivers are flowing the Alamo Pick up San Patron If you want to know the truth about Texas, son Feel it in your bones Want to know the truth about Texas Texas, son, it's what we call home We're back with Jake Holland, U.S. Army veteran, EOD tech. And I gave him a challenge uh, before the break to come up with his five best road trip songs for the audience. So they can put that in their, in their song, in their song playlist when they go on the next road trip. And go, Jake. Cashmere, Led Zeppelin. Ooh. In the air tonight, 
Phil Collins. <laughs> That's got to be in there. Uh, Shreveport by the Turnpike Troubadours. Watermelon Moonshine by Lanny Wilson. And, and a good drink, by the way. It is. Yes. <laughs> and The Road Goes On Forever by Robert Earl Keane Jr. Oh, good, good list there. And, and I didn't give you, I gave you too much time, I guess. I should have given me a 10. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I drive so a lot. <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely do. And you have your dog and your dogs and your, and your better half with you. So you have to have some music in there to keep you calm and cool and collective. And of course, I make you listen to country when we ride. So it's different. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've been playing my Pandora channel that I have of of uh, of some country artists that I like, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm kind of getting back into that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. This is from your your daughter Grace, doing great, Dad. So, hey, Grace, hi, thank you for tuning in. That is my baby daughter. Uh, she's my youngest, uh, got, uh, I have, uh, three wonderful children and two outstanding stepchildren, uh, Tyler and Tabitha. And then I've got Casey, Delana and Grace. And then I've got two grandchildren. I've got Peyton and I've got, uh, Cody. Cody is my son, Casey's son. All right. And you also have a son at home now that uh, is your full-time full-time child there. Uh, we believe we talk about him a lot there, Silvio. So, uh, yeah, he's he's in on the couch right now. Uh, of that's, course, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> that's that's what he does. Uh, he eats and sleeps and barks at noises. <laughs> does whatever he wants, dad. <laughs> that's right. He does. He's a puppy and he does his, he does his job. He, he keeps you company, keeps you calm. So yeah, he's like well, a service dog without the label. That's right. He's, he's 110 pounds of love. <laughs> <laughs> so I know after you got out of service, you took a little break from a uh, service, but you did some weird, you did a, a crazy job on the Mississippi River. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, I always wanted to work on a, on a river boat when I was a kid. I, I thought it was romantic, Tom Sawyer and all that stuff. Man. It ain't. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, I did some trips on the Lower Mississippi and up the Ohio. Uh, it, it's a great job. Don't get me wrong. If you are a young man, forty-five is not when you start this job. Uh, everything on that boat is heavy. Uh, it's, it's hot in the summertime and cold in the winter, but, uh, it's relaxing. Uh, if you get a minute, you get out there at the, at the head of the toe out there on the front of the barges, sit down. All you hear is the river and it, it was kind of relaxing, but it's also kind of like, it was kind of like the military. You had a set schedule every day. You did the same thing, basically, every day. And uh, 
it, it was a good transition, I think. Uh, and plus, you know, it gave me a break from being from dealing with the military. But when it was time to quit, uh, I gladly jumped into the job I have now of, you know, teaching soldiers. And, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good way to transition. Definitely. A lot of us needed that, uh, decompression period to yes. hang up the yep. boots. And That's the word I was looking for right there. And kind of breathe a little bit. Like for me, I took a, a year completely off before even getting started my first job. And then I took two years there before I wound up in the same office as you and doing things I actually like and, uh, being with the soldiers again. But it, having that decompression period helped in more ways than I can ever imagine because I, I took the time to get help, to get myself help and uh, point my compass in the right direction again instead of uh, spiraling out of control like a lot of our brothers and sisters do. And I mean, you read this, the statistics every day, just like I do. You see the headlines. Uh, we lose 22 brothers and sisters a day due to the darkness. And uh, I know that weighs heavy on you, especially with your, with your career field. There's a lot of dudes and uh, dudettes who are fighting that battle right now and in silence because a lot of them are too proud to ask for help. What would you say to them right now if you if you could just shake them down and say, hey, we're here? I just, you know, we have a group on Facebook of, it's called After the Long Walk. It's EOD guys. It's for EOD guys and for their families. If you need somebody to talk to, reach out. It doesn't matter who it is. Take care of yourself. Get rid of that stigma of, you know, we'll take it back when I first joined the Army. You did not go to sick call, ever. It didn't matter how bad you hurt. Well, then things kind of changed a little bit, and it was okay to go to sick call. It was okay to get physical problems taken care of. But you better not have anything wrong with your head. Now that stigma's kind of going away, uh, you know, and we've all had that platoon sergeant that come in every morning, hung over, smelling like booze. You know, maybe if he talked to somebody or maybe if that stigma wasn't there and he could talk to somebody and that, that that's what I did. and. My wife has been my rock in this. She she kind of led me, you know, into getting counseling through the VA. Uh, we found a counselor there that we both got along with. I do so many sessions by myself. Then we would both go together. And that that helped wonders. And you brought up a point in last night's show that I kind of want to touch on this evening. You said when you got home, you told your wife and daughter that you hadn't changed, that they had changed. That, that kind of hit home for me uh, because looking back on it, I was the one that changed. Uh, when we deploy, we hit the pause button on our life here. Then we go over there for six months, a year, however long we're gone. Then we come back and we expect just to hit the play button again and it pick right up where it left off. It don't do that. 
once you realize that and and go get help and and it doesn't matter who the help is go to a professional you know talk to friends talk to who talk to coworkers whoever just talk to somebody definitely and uh, i'm glad that you brought that up again cuz it, it was a shock for me to th- realize that i was the problem and not them cuz like you said uh, we're hard headed and uh, we can press that pause button and we don't know how to unpause really we don't know that as we paused them we didn't really pause we kept going forward and uh, deteriorated in our heads and bodies and that whole sick hole thing really hurt us now as we we all sit in the office and talk about our va claims i mean that tells you that tells you what that sick hole thing did to us that's why yes. that's why sick hole is important for soldiers now you got to go if something if you tweak something get it fixed get it fixed now before it's too late before you're like us and having to f- try to figure out what the problem actually is because you have no idea anymore well yeah it's like with me taking however many weeks I've been in physical therapy after this surgery, where if I'd have got it fixed earlier, I wouldn't be in this boat. <laughs> exactly. You probably, probably would have never been on a boat. So it's good. It's probably not. <laughs> so Jake, if you can give tips to young soldiers or young, uh, young careerists that want to go into the EOD field, either civilian side uh, or in the military, what would those tips be? First of all, you're not special. Uh, you have a special skill set, which everybody in the military does. They have everybody has a special skill set in their MOS. Uh, figure out where you fit in the big picture. Uh, it's you know everything doesn't revolve around the EOD company. Uh, dig into those publications. Uh, there's thousands of them. Dig into those ordinance publications. Know what you're doing. And the number one thing that I that I, I tell that I was t- I told students. People may dislike you in your unit. And you might not get along with them. But as long as you do everything safe. If you're a, you know, you're safe at your demo, you're safe at, you know, your RSP work, if you're safe, you know, if if you are safe. Can't you're successful. Uh, Can't nobody say anything. Can't nobody say anything bad about you if. You know, if you go out there being a cowboy, you know, pulling up five and six, one, five, five rounds by the deck cord, uh, you know, people going to talk about you. <laughs> Make movies about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is shown now in AIT for EOD students. He doesn't want to admit that. That's the first thing they watch to see if they're still cut out for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, usually I put up a website for my guest. I know you don't have one yet. Your LLC is still about to form. But I, I looked up one for you, and I think this is one you'll agree is good to be on here. It's the EOD Warrior Foundation. Uh, I'm a member. I'm a member of that great organization. So I was thinking, if people want to honor you and uh, your EOD sisters and brothers, they can go and help here at the uh, EODWarriorFoundation.org. Tell us a little bit about the foundation there. Uh, well, the 
they they take care of EOD techs and their families. Uh, there's uh, there's a scholarship with it that's open to the to the sons and daughters of EOD techs, uh, Gold Star and otherwise. Uh, I think some of the contributions go to help uh, upkeep of the wall. They have a memorial every year. They have an auction. All the proceeds from the auction go to the scholarship fund. And uh, and plus, they help out. You know, if, if there's a warrior that's having trouble, uh, you can reach out to them and they they can offer any assistance, you know, be it's. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they help with everything, I, you know, they can. Probably help you pay a bill. Uh, they can help you get help. That's that's the big thing right there. They can help you get help. Uh, you know, because I'm not going to say that that when I come back that my head wasn't a little scrambled. Uh, I'm just glad I got help. Uh, I'm sitting here today because I got help. And uh, I still have, you know, of course, everybody does. I still have dark days. But uh, I've got a good foundation here at home. Got a great foundation there at work with you and Chuck and Wayne. Uh, you know, and it it helps. You know, ask for help. There's, I'm not. I'll probably think more of you if if, if I, I think more of somebody if they ask me for help than I would if they didn't and decided to. Uh, take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's great advice right there. And I was thinking about something as I was leading up into the show, and we always talk about uh, when, when we're doing targets for mostly the Seaburn news, we talk about the five to one. Talk the five to one EOD ratio. And uh, you, you're more smart. You're smarter on the five to one than I am, but you can tell, tell the audience what five to one is. Uh, it deals with chemical munitions. <laughs> and if you it, it, it it's it's uh five pounds of explosives per one pound of agent that, that's simple math right there five pounds to one pound and i like to look at it a different way i thought of it today if you if there's one of me i have at least five people outside of me so five to one that can help me at all times at least i, I like that that circle you have that network there's always a five to one somewhere so reach out to that network don't keep the pain inside and get that help. You can write it down, yeah. Jake. I'll, I'll give you give you honors on that one. <laughs> Thank you. You can put it in your group tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, Jake, any parting words for the audience? Uh, you know, if you wear the uniform or have worn the uniform, I don't care if I know you or not. You're my brother or you're my sister. And that, you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine, Coast Guard, Space Force, any of y'all. I love you. I love you for what you did. I don't care if you served three years or 30 years. You raised your hand. You said, I do. Uh, there's a bond that's between us. and. 
if you need help, ask. My email address is jakeeod at gmail.com. I'll, I'll write it down. And I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. Reach out. Uh, if I can help you, I will. It, that's it. Uh, this 22 a day thing, it makes me sick. Definitely. Uh, there's no reason for it. I mean, you know, ain't gonna be no left, ain't gonna be nobody left to help me take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need minions out there. We have to have minions out there. That's right. And your daughter chimed in again. Uh, beautiful words. Love you. I love you too, Grace. She's my daughter. That's a little weird. She is going to be a. She's studying now to be a. I ain't gonna say weird, but she's gonna be a funeral director. Oh wow! I just had a friend do that too. She went to school down here in Nashville for it. It's kind of kind of surprising. And now I know two people that have done it. Wow. They can be either become WWE wrestlers or a funeral director. It's good. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Jake, thanks for taking some of your time tonight to hang out with us. Don't forget his email is jakeeod at gmail .com. It's on the screen right now, and again, it will be in the in the show notes uh, when we're done here. So. Thank you again for coming on, Jake, and I'll see you in about two minutes, I guess. Two and two, and we'll talk things out about uh, the afterlife of this show. Roger that. See ya. When the sun goes down and the evening rolls around, that's the time I find. America's premium beer since 1844. Pabst, a lot to look forward to. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. That's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 